what's up, y'all? I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am glad to be joined once again by my man, Jake Hubman. What's going on, buddy? Man, here we go. I mean, I thought after one week I got replaced last week. I even texted you. I was like, dude, I didn't think I was that bad. I lost my job already, and then, and then you invited me back this week, so I guess we're good to go. Yeah, you know, it was nothing personal, man. You know, we got to switch it up every now and then. I, I hear you. I hear you. You know you're my guy, man. Come on. I know. I know. All right. All right. <laughs> you know how it goes, man. You know, I got, I'm, I'm happy to say that, you know, I finally moved into my new studio, man. I have to pump this up because I've been I've been living Bush League in, in some makeshift studio for so long. I finally am moving into my new studio. I'm so excited. This is awesome. Been awesome news. Yeah, that is something that I know you've been working on for a long time. You send us update pictures and, you know, we're like, oh, it's going to happen at some point. And now it, it's finally starting to happen. I'm, I'm happy for you. I, I can't imagine how much content you're going to put out in that room down there. Oh, man, it's going to be like a thousand shows a week now, man. Everyone get ready. I can't ready. edit that many, Chris. I can't edit that much. So slow the roll just a little. Man, get ready for the work, man. It's coming. <laughs> You know, it's not a, not a lot in the news uh, lately. I mean, uh, you know, this, the typical things are, are dominating. I mean, the rookies are still, you know, the draft. Everyone's still dissecting the draft. But funny thing is, I did find something that was actually quite funny to me is Las Vegas, their stadium. I don't know if you saw this. So in their end zone this season, yes. they are going to have an 11,000 square foot nightclub in the end zone with a DJ and bottle service, man. Oh, we yeah. got to go. I mean, that is about as Vegas as it gets. Now, I grew up in Arizona, so I spent a lot of times, many trips to Vegas. One of the jobs I had there, we actually had an office in Vegas, so I would be sent there for, you know, you know, weekends and weeks at a time. So I've spent a lot of time there, and this does not surprise me whatsoever. Uh, the biggest issue we had, you know, talking about Las Vegas is what kind of distractions are there going to be for the players? Well, they didn't have those distractions in 2020 because there's no fans in the stands. Right. How is that going to change when they're allowed to go out some when there's fans? And I mean, they could get into some trouble in Las Vegas in like a heartbeat. It's it's going to be interesting to see, though. But I mean, we've seen this in other stadiums before, right? Look at the look at the Arizona Diamondbacks baseball stadium. They put a mm. pool out there. I mean, you've seen. You know, I don't remember if it's like was the Marlins they had like or the Rays. Somebody had like an aquarium in the back with like manta rays flying. I don't know what it was. I mean, people have done some weird things in stadiums. Yep. This may be one of the the most odd I've heard of, but I get it because it's in Vegas. Yeah, I think it's going to be very popular, man. You know what oh, I was yeah. waiting for too is the 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 dancing poles, man. I was. Oh, I was it's waiting. coming. It's coming too. You know, it's it's yeah. Vegas, baby. It's yeah. Vegas. I love it, though, man. We definitely got to make a trip when that thing uh, everything hey, gets resolved and we, we are out there, man. Next year, the 2022 NFL draft is in Las Vegas. Oh, so right. we were going to go in 2020 before that got canceled. So you better believe it. 2022 is going to happen as long as we're allowed to. Oh, baby, man. The fantasy headliner is going to be rolling deep in Vegas. I can't wait, man. It's going to be phenomenal. Cool thing, tomorrow this show is being recorded on Tuesday, so by the time it drops on all podcatchers, it will be a little late, but we have the NFL schedule release, Jake, man. This is a big. I, I, I'm always a big fan because, you know, you get to go through the schedule and now you get to start uh, uh, ranking and saying, you know, how many wins and losses each team is going to get. I mean, I love it. I love it every 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 time it comes out. I think it's uh, – and the NFL smart, man. They, they pump it up like it's a huge celebration, as it should be, like everything else with the NFL – but, you know, who are you thinking, man? Because I'm, I'm waiting for the rematch of Kansas City with my Bills. You know, I'm, I'm looking at some big games, man. Who are you thinking that you're looking forward to the most? I mean, 
I can't be a homer here because I can't talk about the Cardinals. I just, I mean, come on. I'm not really looking forward to any specific games for them. Uh, the, the high-powered shootouts, right? I want to see her, Herbert in year two going against the Chiefs and, and Mahomes. Mm. You know, I want to see those type of excitements. I mean, we always go into weeks and we're looking for those high-scoring matchups, right? Because we want that back and forth and it's exciting and it's fun. I think it was like a couple of years ago, it was the Rams and the Chiefs that went back and forth and it was like 50 points each. I mean, that kind of stuff is just fun to watch and there's going to be a few of those matchups this year myself and Kyle we're actually going to be recording to uh, Wednesday evening I think the schedules come right around about 8 p.m eastern time we're going to record that night and and get some reactions to the schedules and and see what happens it also helps for fantasy football too because now we can start looking at it and say hey what are some of these players that may get a hot start and then we can sell them off or maybe they have great playoff schedules. You can get them at a discount price, hold them all year long. And they, they have a great schedule down the stretch. Those are the type of things we're going to start looking at the draft guide starting here uh, for 2021. So those are all things we're going to start you know, looking at in, in, in the coming weeks, but it's exciting because it's just another thing in the news that we can talk about, right? Because over the off season, especially last year, we didn't have very many, opportunities to talk exciting things in the NFL because we didn't know if there was going to be a season for sure this year now that we know it's just these things that are being checked off and it's exciting to see and and I'm looking forward to to a few of these games coming up here this year yeah man I think you know the NFC I mean your Cardinals division the NFC West I mean it's gonna be a dogfight. I mean all those teams look pretty stellar I mean you can't say nothing bad about it you know the the AFC West is like you're saying I mean Denver's now back in the mix. Mm-hmm. I think you can't count them out. I mean, Kansas City's obviously running the show, but LA is right on their heels. The Bills division, the AFC East, I mean, all of them improved. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, when when even Tom Brady's even the Patriots, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, they added like a thousand wide receivers anyway, but I mean I love it. I think that, you know, there's going to be so much competition that can be had. And I think uh, just understanding uh, how, especially I'm, I'm, a, I'm being Homer and I don't even care. I'm, I, I we all know we, we expect that, you know, at this point, <laughs> because that's, that's how I do. I mean, this is just what we do, man, but it's going to be exciting, man. Sticking with my bills. This one's funny. I don't know if you caught this one, Mr. Brandon Bean. I am a big fan of his, but I mean, this was kind of funny. So he actually goes on record and says that, uh, what did he say? I quote, uh, uh, status of my roster uh, will come into play based on vaccines. And, And this is coming off of his own quarterback saying that he is undecided on vaccines. Did you see this? I heard about, I did not see it or hear it live, but I heard about it after the fact. And we just live in a different time than what we used to, right? Because 10 years ago, he says something like this, everybody blows it off and it's no big deal. Now it's just like, uh, what, what do we want to do? And you're going to upset a lot of people one way or another because people just get butt hurt in 2021. It doesn't matter what it is. If they don't agree with you, they immediately hate you. There's just, yep. people aren't allowed to have differing opinions nowadays. And can he really is he really going to do that? I mean, I highly doubt it. But I mean, is he going to say that Josh Allen if you don't if you don't get the vaccine you're not going to play football? I don't think he can he can do that. I mean, yeah, the I mean, NFL I guess already came out and said, you know, that is not policy. Yeah, that's not how it really works. I mean, I I mean, hey, he's he's doing at least he's keeping it real. I guess you can say, you know, I mean, he's not out there giving the cookie cutter answers and reading off of a teleprompter and just, you know, he probably answered truthfully speaking from within uh, which can get you in trouble from time to time. And mm. I, I'm not going to say he got in any trouble for it, but he sure got a lot of flack for it. And 
like I said, it, he said it. There's really no merit to it. Even if there was some merit to it, there's way too much money involved to sit Josh Allen over something. I, I mean, come on. I mean, let's be realistic. They're not going to invest all that money and then sit the potential NFL MVP. MVP candidate quarterback. It just doesn't just doesn't work that way. Yeah, man. Especially when he just signed as a fifth year option. Yeah. And yeah, okay. We're you know you don't want the you don't want COVID or you want COVID. You got to sit on that bench, buddy. That's right. Not gonna happen. We got to talk about this one, and I knew it was gonna come. And I think it's very interesting. Is Mr. Tim Tebow? So it's making a lot of news, and I think for a lot of the wrong reasons. So he signs, everyone knows already, he signs, I'll just clear it up. He signs a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars, reuniting with his head coach back in Florida, Mr. Urban Meyer. And a lot of people now I've seen, okay, fine. You know, I get all the arguments on the negative. He's been out of the league for eight years or whatever. Uh, he hasn't played or since he hasn't played since 2012, I should say. And, and now he's converting to a position he's never played before, that is tight end. And everyone told him before he went to go play baseball, hey, man, go and convert to tight end. But now everyone's suggesting, hey, this, is a, this, is, this isn't fair. Why is, why is Tebow getting a shot when there's younger talent that shouldn't be? Let me, let me put it to you this way, my opinion. I think this is strategic only for Urban Meyer. He wants a leader in that room that is like his son to back everything he's going to say and to make this locker room cohesive, man. You see it the same way? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, everybody can look back on college football over the last few decades, like forever. Tim Tebow had arguably the best college career, college season ever. I mean, he, him and Urban Meyer at Florida did some crazy good things. Now, he went to the NFL. He wasn't a prototypical NFL quarterback. We know that. It didn't really work out. Everybody's screaming for the tight end is because of the build that he has with the athletic ability and the speed. He can take some of those hits that the tight ends do, and he has the athletic We've seen him catching balls in baseball, right? I mean, we know he can, he can judge a ball. Uh, I mean, he went from – you know, making some great plays uh, in the playoffs with the Broncos to basically being a gadget type quarterback like we see maybe with a Taysom Hill right now to out of the league completely to, you know, trying to make the New York Mets not doing bad at times in baseball, mm -hmm. doing his, you know, fair share of analysts, uh, analytic jobs along the way and all over TV and college game day. And now all of a sudden that he wants to come back and everybody doesn't like it, which I understand. I've heard the arguments of how he's taken up a roster spot for someone who could probably do a lot better that deserves it more than he does. Once again, you do stuff like that and you start becoming the people that you are trying to put down because you then are in turn making a decision based off your own bias that somebody doesn't deserve something. That's not for any of us to judge or to come up with. Uh, I don't, I personally don't agree with that. I mean, I can't sit in my living room on my couch at almost 40 years old and out of shape and determine what a guy in his, you know, early thirties can do physically on the NFL field. That's not for me to judge because I can't do the same things either. So like you said, though, his leadership ability going to a team that has absolutely sucked and had no leadership mm. now gets a new regime and they want people to buy into the philosophy. How do you buy into the philosophy? You have veterans in your locker room that are pushing the same narrative like you just did. Is he going to see the field? Honestly, I don't know if it would surprise me if he did. It wouldn't surprise me. And nothing surprises me these days. Yeah. It would also not surprise me if he doesn't make the, the final 53-man roster before the season starts. It's like really a toss-up, but... You also have to throw in the fact that the Jaguars being the worst team in football 
Tim Tebow going back to Florida where he played college football, 73 miles away from where he played his college ball in Gainesville. That could put some butts in the seats. Exactly. They got to sell some. Not that that they're going to have trouble selling tickets after a pandemic year, but can they can they bump the prices up a couple bucks here and there? Can they can they sell some extra Tebow swag? I'm sure somebody will do it there in Florida, and it wouldn't surprise me for them to keep him on the roster, throw him in there at a, at a package at a time. Nothing like he's going to go out there and get no you know 80, 90 targets for 70 catches and 700 yards. That's not going to happen. Right. But now and again, I, I I'm not against it. Honestly, I, we wanted to see it what eight years ago i'd like to see it now i mean who knows what it could be maybe he what if he's really good i mean and we just wrote it off ahead of time we've seen some crazy crap over the past 18 months Uh, it just wouldn't surprise me yeah and it's it's just so funny how you see so many people getting so angry with this and it's saying you know again it comes back to the the other players that aren't getting their shot like the kaepernicks i even heard somebody say you know terrell Pryor, you know is sitting on free agency and nobody wants him you have to put apples to apples, not apples to oranges. I mean, this is this is what you have to say. So this is life lesson number one for all those who want to use that argument to say other players deserve the shot like Kaepernick, like Pryor over a Tim Tebow. And, and this is the life lesson is it's who you know in this world that is going to get you what you want, man. And Urban Meyer is like Tebow's second dad. Let's not kid ourselves, okay? They had a fabulous relationship. They did a lot of winning. And I agree. I don't think Tim Tebow is really going to be the guy who they're going to put in all these packages. He may, if he does, and I'm still on the point of saying, I don't know if he even makes this team. Yeah. Right. I think that that's a very big long shot, especially at the tight end position. You're sitting there telling me that a guy who has never played that position gets uh, stood up by a linebacker coming off the blitz, man. That might be the last time Tim Tebow even uh, he, he, I retire. I'm, I'm yeah. done. I, I don't want to do this anymore, coach. But it, but this is this is what it is for. Tim Tebow is there, for, in my opinion, straight up for leadership. He's a good quality guy, uh, humble dude, God fearing guy, and he's going to bring the locker room together. I mean, that's what he did. That's what he does. And and Urban Meyer is no fool. This ain't his first go around. Yes, I even think Urban Meyer is kind of on the, the tail end as well. I don't know how long his tenure is going to last in Jacksonville, but he is doing this very strategically for himself to help him along the way. And what does this do for Trevor Lawrence? That is a mentor for Mr. Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Don't get that twisted. And But look at it from a different perspective, too, because like you said, we don't know what's going to happen. He's going to. There's a chance he makes it. There's a better chance that he probably doesn't. But if he does, they, they're not going to keep and sign Tim Tebow to run block. Like, that's not going to be his job. If he makes it and he plays, he's going to be running routes. Like, that's just a given. Mm-hmm. Do I, do I want to draft him in fantasy football? No, I absolutely do not. Do I want to watch him on Sunday, though? Yes, absolutely, yeah. I really do. And that's where you have to make sure that you kind of – if you're serious about fantasy football, making that separation, right? We all like to watch our favorite players on Sundays, but there's got to be a reason behind it. And Tim Tebow from a fantasy football perspective doesn't make any sense, but like you said, that leadership in the locker room is going to go a long way because there's a lot of young talent there. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, DJ Chark. He's still a young kid. You know, he's their top option. We, we loved it when Marvin Jones went there because we're like, hey, there's a veteran in the locker room that's had some success in this league before and could be kind of a safety blanket for Trevor Lawrence in his first year. Well, now 
He's got somebody with the same type of experience in Tim Tebow, a, a natural leader that isn't there to take his job. Right. Trevor Lawrence knows that Tim Tebow is not taking his job. He doesn't have to look over his shoulder for anything. He knows what he's there for. Everybody in that locker room knows what he's there for. And it's going to only help them as a team from within. On the outside, it looks crazy. But for Jacksonville, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, the minute, and, and I see how, okay, I get it. Like we're saying, it is a slow news week. You know, the draft is over. We're looking at OTAs. Everything got canceled, so we don't have a lot to talk about. But that you can see the national media is really pulling on this one. And they're like, oh, this is this, and this is that. And you're making it all to do about nothing, okay? This, is, this could be a moot point by the time September 1 comes, and, and he's not even on a roster. And even if he is, who cares? I mean, is it that big of a deal? I mean... I, I, I just don't get I don't get the hype whatsoever that on the negative for this and, uh, topic at all. And if you look at it, if you're if you're worried about the, the job that he's taken away from somebody else, just just say that Tim Tebow is the third string tight end in Jacksonville. Mm. How much run was that guy really going to get anyway? Exactly. I mean, let's be realistic. Are we, is he taking away 10, 15 targets a year? And if he is, are you are you worth getting butt hurt over 10 or 15 targets? It doesn't make any sense. Just go with it. And if you're a Jacksonville fan, be excited about it from a team perspective, but not a production perspective. Yeah, and I, and I agree on your first point saying that he's going to put, you know, seats, uh, butts in the seats because you, you have the first overall pick. That puts butts in the seats. Now you mm-hmm. bring, uh, you know, state town hero coming back to Florida. He's going to, oh, it, it just, everything works magically. And if you don't see that, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept him just for jersey sales alone. <laughs> Exactly. Man. I mean, that'd be a huge revenue booster in Jacksonville. It's just Jersey sales with a Tebow Jersey. Yeah, man. It's going to be, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence and then Tim Tebow one, two. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and you're going to see Tim Tebow in a, in a Jacksonville uniform is going to be probably like rank five in, in the yeah. whole league. Right? Like that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be. He won't even play a snap, but his Jersey sales will be <laughs> off the charts. You made what? You made 25 million on jerseys, man. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Yeah, it's crazy. Eric Fisher, man. Eric Fisher, he gets signed on with the Indianapolis Colts. We saw this, I believe it was what, a one-year $9.5 million deal approximately. You know who's you know who's saying WTF on this one? What the mother is Andrew Luck, man? He is sitting on his couch being like, I've been asking you mofos to give me protection and you guys made me retire. Carson Wentz comes in and he's the benefactor of not, not only a great offensive line already, but now you're stacking it even more. Uh, even though Eric Fisher, I mean, they said he's not going to be playing likely till like October, but I mean, you get onto a good role and they get an injury or something. Then Fisher comes back. This offensive line is scary. Yeah, it, it's good. And I agree. Andrew Luck has got to be, he got to be pissed right now. And what's what makes it even worse though is it's like the same management team that screwed over Andrew Luck is like the same management team for the most part that is taking care of Carson Wentz and, and just even last year with Philip Rivers. I mean, it's like literally they said, like, oh, you know what? We really screwed up with Andrew Luck. We should probably fix this going forward. I mean, you you mess with a generational talented quarterback and made him retire early, but yet you're protecting Philip Rivers at the last season of his career and Carson Wentz, who hasn't done anything since a rookie. So I mean it's it's telling, but it's it's things like that that make me you and I. I know you and I both liked Philip Rivers last year yep. at the potential as like a QB two in a two quarterback league, a super flex league. I mean, we thought that the the offense would be a lot better, and it was at times. Mm-hmm. Car, uh, Carson Wentz coming there, I kind of feel the same way. I think the reason that Carson Wentz sucked at times in Philadelphia 
is his offensive line was garbage at times. It was decimated with injuries. And who the hell did he have to throw passes to? Greg Ward? Mm. Are you kidding me? Like his top option for the longest time was Greg Ward. And you're not going to be successful in the NFL, especially within that division since they hate each other so much. Those are tough games, six tough games right off the bat, right there in the division. And he had no chance. I mean, they didn't commit to a running game ever. They will do that in Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor. They re-signed Marlon Mack. They have Naheem Hines. So they're going to use him behind that offensive line. That's going to take some of that pressure off of Carson Wentz. Maybe give him a little bit more of an opportunity to throw the ball. I'd love to see Paris Campbell get healthy. I like me some Michael Pittman in the red zone. They brought back T.Y. Hilton. Does T.Y. have anything left? Because it seemed like T.Y. was like, He was like a solid high-end wide receiver too. And then dude just like disappeared completely. And and I don't understand why, because he still has a a path to targets in that offense. But yeah, the the offensive line improvements kind of make the whole thing just come together and gives them an opportunity to be better on both sides of the football. Yeah, see, the T.Y. thing is is very interesting to me because I was a big supporter of him last year too. And I thought with Phillip Rivers, he would have taken that, that, uh, again, that leap. But I mean... I still like this offense and I like it with Carson Wentz, you know, it's just kind of diving into their depth chart right now. And I mean, there's a whole lot to like about this team. And I mean, if you're going T Y, you're going Pittman, you're going Campbell. I mean, okay. You sprinkle in a a little Zach Pascal and then you got a bunch of guys on the, on the bottom here that you're looking at, but I like this roster for Carson Wentz. He's getting a bad rap because of the injuries, you know, the, the locker room problems, everyone was saying about Carson Wentz uh, in Philly. But I mean, you have to understand, like, you know, we, we almost got to be starting to call these quarterbacks a little bit of diva because I mean, you're seeing all the Aaron Rodgers uh, (laughs) drama. You're seeing the, 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 you know, Hertz and, and Wentz drama that was, that was going on. I mean, here's the thing. If you're a quarterback, if you're any position in this league, you know they're drafting your replacement at some point, man. I don't understand all this, all this, you know, talk in the media. Oh, I'm not happy. I want to trade. I want to get out of here. This is what they do. Relax, man. But you know, Carson Wentz, I think in Indianapolis is going to be very good. And I and I, I like how they're beefing up this offensive line. I love the fact that they're gonna roll with JT. I think the play action pass for Carson Wentz is going to be phenomenal this season. It's something we hadn't seen since I believe his his uh near MVP uh season that he had back in Philly when they when he got injured. I mean like when they were running that uh, uh, play action it was it was something to see man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. He's somebody who I don't hate once again. We Like we said with Phillip Rivers last year, I don't hate a, a two-quarterback lead with Carson Wentz being my number two. I really don't hate it if you want to wait and you don't really want to stack some bigger names early. But, I mean, kind of a bold take here. I'm going to be super bold here because something you just said, uh, you know, NFL teams are going to draft their replacements at some point. And don't forget that at some point, Kansas City is going to draft a replacement for Patrick Mahomes. Like, Mm. it's going to happen. Is it going to happen in 2021 or 2022 now? No. But at some point, it's going to happen. And it happens to every single quarterback, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Tom Brady. Do I think it's Kyle Trask? I I don't think so. But (laughs) you think he's the future? You think he's the future in Tampa Bay? You know what it is about Kyle Trask? I still have a a soft heart for the guy because I think that he is that good. His his arm strength isn't isn't elite, but I mean, put in the right situation with the talent that, that Tampa Bay has. I don't know, man. I think that and learning under Tom Brady, I think this was the best possible fit for the guy. The, the, the part that worries me the most about Kyle Trask, and now we're transitioning to some other topic, but it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, they're spending a lot of money in Tampa Bay right now. And there's a lot of guys that keep coming back on one-year deals. 
by the time that Kyle Trask takes over this team, the damn cupboard's going to be empty. You know what I mean? It's going to be like, they're going to open it up and there's going to be like four dust balls and a can of no salt added uh, green beans. Like that's going to be it. It's going to be disgusting by the time he gets this roster. And it's going to basically be like, well, now that it's all happened, it's time to rebuild again. And poor Kyle Trask is never going to get a fair shot unless Tom Brady goes down. If Tom Brady goes down, but then again, they brought back Blaine Gabbert. It's not like Kyle Trask is just going to take the reins over and never give it back to Tom Brady. So I think the guy is, I don't think he's set up to succeed. It, it looks really? great. I, it looks great right now, but they I can't. Heard pay, the, I haven't heard that opposite end of the argument yet. That's interesting. They can't. They can't keep doing this with their entire roster. We didn't think they'd bring back everybody this year. That's true. And and they did, and a lot of it is all on one year deals. You know, I mean, a lot of it is on one year deals. And, and what's going to happen next year? Are these guys going to win again? And do they want to sign another one-year deal? No, probably not. Especially if Tom leaves. Yeah, they're probably. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, what's going to keep them all around? All of a sudden, they're going to be like, "Ah, Tom's retiring. I'm out. And now all of a sudden, you lose Chris Godwin. Antonio Brown's gone. Gronk is gone. Mm -hmm. Leonard Fournette's a free agent. He's probably gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else do you got? You got uh, Mike Evans. Okay, you got Mike Evans. I don't hate Mike Evans. O.J. Howard, he'll be a free agent by then. Tyler Johnson. So here's the yeah. thing. This is why I like it because even if so, even if that does that does come to fruition. So let's just say for for argument's sake that Tom Brady uh, he wins another Super Bowl and he says I'm done, and he's like that's it I'm gone. Now it's Kyle Trask's team. Okay, like you said, I agree. Gronk, Antonio gone, uh, Godwin likely gone, and so Fournette. you, Fournette's gone. So you yep. still have Rojo. Okay, fine. He's a free agent too next year. Okay, <laughs> then they're gonna have to find another running back. Fine. All, all you Keyshawn, all you Keyshawn Vaughn fans, man. Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard and Keyshawn Vaughn, man. That's your backfield. I love it. But I mean, okay, now you're taking the thunder out of my argument, you. <laughs> but here, here's how we go. So I'm still saying Tyler Johnson, massive. I think he's gonna be phenomenal. Then he teams up with uh, Mike Evans. Scotty Miller, I believe, is still under contract. They drafted uh-huh. another uh, wide receiver in this one, didn't they? I don't, Probably, I don't but I didn't even pay attention to the Bucks draft because they re-signed everybody that's worth a crap that, anyway. That's true. No, I think they drafted another wide receiver. I'd have to go back and look. But, I mean, that adds to what Kyle Trask could inherit. And, and if he does learn, if he's a smart man, and I think he is, if he learns everything that he possibly can from Tom Brady, I think Bruce Arians will be like, yeah, I'll stick around with this young buck and we'll see what we got. But, yes, it, it, the cupboards will be a little bit light. It's like, you know, You've been on lockdown for two weeks on because of COVID and the grocery stores were closed. So, you know, you had no food. That's kind of what it's going to look like. But, you know, they'll go shop and they'll, they'll restack a little bit. And, and, and I like Kyle Trask. I do. I think in the, in the correct system, I think it could work. But, but you know, it, it's all contingent on Tom Brady, man. Will he retire? Will he not? Nobody knows because this man's going to play until he's actually, you know, can't walk anymore. Yeah, they, they drafted Jalen Darden, wide receiver out of North Texas. That's it, man. See what I'm saying? So now you got Darden, you got uh, you got uh, Johnson, and, and then you got uh, still got Mike Evans. I, I don't hate it. I just, I don't hate okay, it. Here's the question, though. Here's a question. When Tom Brady leaves, do you think Bruce Arian stays? That's a great question. That's a great question. I mean, Bruce Arian's already retired once. Yes, he did. Yes, and he, he came did. out of retirement and basically put together the super team in Tampa. Is he going to stick around for a rebuild? Probably not, but then then you got Leftwich, right? Leftwich is in the waiting. I guess so. I don't know. I just, just don't like it that. has nothing to do with Kyle Trask because I think if Kyle Trask were to be given the reins like this year mm. or a year under his belt and then he gets these same weapons, then yeah, absolutely. Kid has a lot of potential, but I just I just don't see that. I think that they're 
They're buying the championships now in Tampa. They're spending the money. They're getting every last drop out of Tom Brady, whether that's another one year or two years or whatever goes you know, their way with, with injuries or if he stays healthy, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They're going to spend as much money as they can, give out as many short contracts as possible, keep everybody in town to play with Tom Brady. But when Tom bounces, the organization just crumbles again. <laughs> It's like the Peyton Manning effect, man. When he All left, over again. When he left, it was over, man. Game yes. over. I like it, though. That's a good combo. I like that one. Never heard that side of the argument. You, you, you almost, that's why I'm here, Chris. You almost stumped me a little bit, and that doesn't happen very often, man. <laughs> good one. Well done. You know, I, I'm getting kind of tired of talking about this one, but I got to talk about it because it's my guy, Julio Jones. And, and he's now back in the trade talks. The trade rumors are, are fast and furious. And, and now I'm seeing more teams added to the mix, and I don't like it. I'm, I, yes, I'm, unless he's coming to Buffalo, I don't like it. Just, just get that right. But he's not going to Buffalo because, no. I mean, that's just not going to happen. But he, the, the, na- the teams that they're naming, the 49ers, the Patriots, the Raiders, and the Colts have now all come into play for his services. They're looking to trade, seeing what deal they can make. I mean <sighs> – this has still got to be fiction, right? I mean, we can't how, – how can we believe they're going to trade Julio? I mean, out of all the teams that you named, I don't mind him in Vegas. I don't mind it either. I don't mind him in, even in the Indianapolis. I don't mind that whatsoever. I guess. I mean, I know there's a lot of Derek Carr haters out there, but I don't think Carr is that bad. You give him somebody like a Julio Jones. I mean, the guy is going into the year this year, and his wide receiver group is John Brown, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards. I mean, if it wasn't for Darren Waller, what does he really have? You know what I mean? So, and it's been like that year in and year out for this guy. And he still goes out and throws for 4,000 yards Julio in Vegas with an immediate target share, which he would definitely 100% get. Uh, I, I don't dislike that whatsoever. Cause I think in, in Atlanta with Calvin Ridley and now Kyle Pitts, I think the numbers that people have become accustomed to seeing with Julio Jones are going to take a big hit. And from a fantasy football perspective, it may be better if he has to if he goes somewhere where he's the, the main guy once again, because I still think he has something in the tank. He is a freak of nature. You know, I mean, he is he's not a normal athlete. He, he can do things longer into his career and people can say uh, he's not what he used to be. Is it Julio or is it the organization as a whole? I mean, can you point to one thing on tape that makes you say Julio has lost something? I haven't seen it. I, I mean, it. Nope. we don't see it as, as frequently, but that's just because Calvin Ridley's on the opposite side, who's pretty dang good himself. I mean, for the longest time, it was Julio Jones, and that was about it. You know, I mean, you need to have Mohamed Sanu back in the day or somebody to go in there and get some a few, but come on. Everybody knew the ball was going to Julio, mm-hmm. and you just couldn't stop him. Now he just doesn't see those targets, even though he's still getting a lot of them. He doesn't see the amount of deep balls down the field. We know the touchdowns are kind of hit and miss in Atlanta. Now you add a Kyle Pitts to the red zone. Julio may score, what, three touchdowns a year with that guy in in Atlanta. So I wouldn't hate it. If I were Julio Jones, I wouldn't be against it either, wanting to go somewhere else. I don't see Atlanta winning the next few years in that division regardless if Julio's there or not. Not that he's going to go win in Las Vegas, but at least it'd be more fun. <laughs> so here's the thing. I have spent a lot of time thinking about this one. And I'm thinking, why did they draft Kyle Pitts? Why? And, and now here's my thought process. 
Julio Jones, for some reason, his kryptonite is the end zone. I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I just, I don't understand. The minute they get into the twenty, it's like he's allergic, and and I just don't understand. Either it's the play calling, they're just the he can't run the routes in the short span. I don't know what it is and why they don't just even chuck up the uh, the jump balls to Julio Jones. However, now you have Kyle Pitts. Now maybe this is the situation where other teams are going to now have to say okay, we have two animal freaks in this red zone that we have to cover and we don't know which one. So the minute, if, if say that Pitts does start to see a lot of targets, say it's even on average, you know, I don't know, three to five per game in the red zone, let's just say, I think Julio Jones actually will get those opportunities. And, and would I be shocked if he goes over 10 touchdowns in this Atlanta offense with all these weapons? I actually don't think I will. And... You can totally see it, but I mean, he what he only played in what nine games last year? Yeah, he played in nine games last year and saw only eight red zone targets, eight targets inside the twenty, mm. which to me is, Ridiculous. I mean, it's one, it's just under one a game, which I guess is it could be worse. But I mean, for somebody of Julio Jones's stature, I mean, the year prior to that, he had sixteen targets in twenty nineteen uh, inside the twenty. He caught twelve of them for seventy five seventy five percent catch rate. Uh, and five touchdowns inside the 20 back in 2019. So, I mean, you can see there 16, 16 red zone targets isn't bad. The league leader was Tyler Lockett two years ago at 23. So he's not like he was super far off. It's just, I think I'm more concerned about the decline of Matt Ryan than I am the decline of Julio Jones. And that part of it really worries me because it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It just, why take Kyle Pitts? And I get the argument that you don't know who's going to be the guy to cover in the red. I, I totally get that, but it just doesn't make logical sense because now you're you're almost wasting the talent of Julio Jones. Like if he's not going to be the guy, then why are you paying him to be the guy? Like you can you could if that's what you want him to be, you should have like cut bait a while ago and and just went out there and signed somebody in free agency to come in and be. Uh, a decent receiving option inside the red zone because they have Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Now that that was their plan all along. I mean, everybody and their mother was mock drafting Kyle Pitts to Atlanta. So it's not like it was a big shocker Mm. on draft day, what was going to happen. So to me, it's a lot of money to pay Julio Jones. If he's not going to be that guy for you, Uh, I I cut bait while I can get what you can out of him before it's too late, send him somewhere else, hopefully Vegas. And then, and then move on. I, I, I mean, maybe set him up for the future a little bit better. So then what is his value? This is the thing that we continue to ask. I mean, if you're looking at the teams that want him, I mean, I think the Patriots and the Colts would be inclined to give the most draft capital. I mean, is Atlanta really looking for players in return? I don't think so. I think that they understand if, if they trade Julio away, the writing's on the wall that, you know what, we're going to play out the string under this Matt Ryan type regime that we've had. And, and you know, he's going to ride off into the sunset and it is what it is uh, but i mean 15 million dollars man in a, in a in a salary cap season that is is very difficult for a lot of teams i mean you're you're definitely trading them to a team that has money that's number one um but yeah return on an, an investment I, I really you're gonna give up julio for a second and possibly a third round pick maybe i, I don't see a first coming wait and me neither and here's the reason why i think we're gonna see if a trade happens, it'll be, I bet you it's somewhat shocking how little they get for Julio Jones because a few of the wide receivers 
This is their contract year. You got Allen Robinson going to be a free agent at the end of the year. You got Chris Godwin. You got Devontae Adams going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Juju, Cortland Sutton, DJ Chark, Michael Gallup. There are huge names about to be free agents. So why am I going to give you all my draft capital when I can just make a run on one of these guys in the offseason who are younger? I mean, they're performing at – I mean, they may not be – you know, Julio level of a couple of years ago, but I'm sorry, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, those are some pretty big names. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, everybody can look at Devontae Adams, but he ain't leaving Green Bay. What if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay? Now, all of a sudden, it would not surprise me if we see Devontae Adams somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I kind of look at things is because teams know that. If I'm sitting here and I know that, I guarantee you every other NFL yeah, yeah. franchise knows that. Yeah. And they're not going to go out there and overpay for something. They're just not. They don't have to. Nobody's... I don't think I don't know if you can put Julio Jones on any team right now and immediately take them from non-playoffs to Super Bowl contender because of they add Julio Jones. I don't I can't think of one person that's a non-playoff team that Julio is going to put you over the top. Oh, that's a great question. Wow, I, I have th- to let that digest for a second. That's just think insane. about it. A non-playoff team, because if a play, obviously, if they're all, if he goes to Buffalo, yeah, he's going to help their chances because they're already a Super Bowl contender. Right. You know what I mean? But if he goes to Tennessee, are they? Or is he just going to eat into what we we want AJ Brown to get? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just maybe that's the wrong example, only because it's Ryan Tannehill and the offense is still predicated upon King Henry. But I mean, yep. That's a great freaking question, man. I mean, um, if you're, I'm trying to think here. What about the Chargers? I mean, Chargers are basically in that eight and eight, nine and seven ever since that he goes there with Keenan Allen and company. I think that could that could do something. So you think that they're going to unseat Patrick Mahomes in that division, or you think they're that that makes them a wild card team? You know, it's just because it's Patrick Mahomes, but I mean, you know, that puts them a lot closer into the conversation. Yes, I, I believe. Puts- it does. It definitely puts them closer. I mean, if you just ran through it here, just and we'll go super quick. Seattle, nope, doesn't make sense because we got Lockett and Metcalf. The Rams, no, because they got Woods and Cup. Yep. Uh, the Cardinals, they got everybody and their mother. Uh, the 49ers, they got a lot of young talent with Debo and Ayuk. If he goes there, I don't hate it overall, but I don't think that they throw that much more. Uh, I was watching your Headliner U episode the other day when you're talking about rookie quarterbacks, and mm. Kane said something that made a ton of sense. The 49ers are okay winning a ball game 16 to nine. Mm-hmm. And like that makes a lot of sense. They're not out there trying to outscore everybody. They're trying to get wins. And that would limit the upside of a Julio Jones. Um, the Saints with Michael Thomas, who's throwing the ball? Is it Jameis or is it yeah. Taysom? Mm-hmm. Are they really going to trade him in the division? No, probably not. Mm-hmm. So we can pretty much cancel out the NFC South. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Redskins, I don't see him going to Washington mm-hmm. I, at all. Uh, the Giants, they have 42 wide receivers on their roster. The Cowboys, <laughs> They got a ton. If they want somebody, they'll just keep Michael Gallup next year. The Eagles, they just drafted Devonta Smith and Jalen Rager in the past two years. Uh, The Packers, (laughs) I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. Yeah, no, that's not happening. You know, in the Bears, Allen Robinson. That, that's a good one. Let's go back to Green Bay because, I mean, if he does if he does go there, let's just say hypothetically, it's not never going to happen. Aaron Rodgers right. stays. The magical conjunction occurs in Green Bay and everything works out. I mean, that Julio on that team with Devontae Adams, I think, is is that would have to put them into over Tom Brady. It would. Have it to. is, but but they're already in the playoffs. Yeah, they're not a okay. non-playoff based team. Based on your argument, yeah, based on your argument of you non-playoff know, I mean, team. He just doesn't fit anywhere. The Bears, no. no. The Vikings. Not with Thielen and Jefferson. No. The Lions, no, it's the Lions. Let's be realistic. Sorry. Uh, talk about the Titans, the Colts. The Colts already a playoff team. The Texans, they're we don't know who their quarterback's yeah. going to be. Jags, nope. 
Uh, what about the Patriots? Who's going to throw them the ball as of right now? Is, is it going to be Cam Newton or <laughs> Mac, Mac Jones? Money Jones. <laughs> Money Jones. The Jets. Jones. The, the Jets aren't going to be a playoff team with Julio Jones this no, year. Nope. Um, the Browns, they're already a playoff team. The Bengals, I mean, they already got Higgins, Chase, and Boyd. Yeah, then you good. go down to the Raiders. That's They're not going to you know, take over the Chiefs. Wild, wild card potential, I could see that. Possibly, and the same goes for the Broncos, I think, with Cortland Sutton coming back. Cortland Sutton, Julio Jones, Noah Fant, uh, Jerry Judy. I don't hate that whatsoever with Javante Williams and, and Melvin Gordon in the backfield. And the, thing, the same thing goes for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. So really, it narrowed it down to the Broncos and the Chargers. Mm-hmm. The two teams that make sense that Julio may put them over the top. Well, if there's only two teams out of everybody in the NFL that can really make a difference, they know who controls the the power in these trade talks, and they don't have to give up crap to get him. Yeah. So, I don't know. That was just a quick rundown. I I don't I don't know who's going to go out and go out there and pay any steep price. It wouldn't surprise me if Julio Jones is traded for some third fourth round pick combination or oh, something. It wouldn't surprise me. That would have hurt me to my core. Because me too. He, he is my guy. I mean, like I said, you know, Andre Reed is my top receiver and of all time favorite, but I mean, Julio is, is right up there. Number two for me. I mean, I, I love the, the entire embodiment of what he brings to the field, his character. I mean, he is like that Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders. They don't say a lot. Like, look, all this trade talk is happening. We haven't heard a damn word from Julio. This no. is just what he is all class all day long. Yep. And, and if he's traded from Atlanta, I think it's just such a disservice to his legacy. Um, the Falcons, you guys better not mess this up, man. Just keep him on board and try your best. Yeah. But Agreed. Let's, let's move on. The biggest one we're talking about saga right now in drama is Mr. Aaron Rodgers. And we got to talk. I mean, I had Kyle on last week and we talked about him a little bit. I want to get your thoughts on how you feel about Mr. Aaron Rodgers and what is going on in this situation. You know, hearing he wants to get the GM fired. Devontae now says, like we just mentioned, that he is going to rethink his future if Aaron leaves. Um, and, And this is kind of the Tom Brady effect we're talking about in Green Bay. Aaron leaves all of a sudden. Now, what do we see? Do we see a mass exodus leave? Because, I mean, look, they're bringing in Chad Kelly. I mean, Jordan Love. You're going to have a major problem in Green Bay if Aaron doesn't come back because you didn't you didn't have this uh, backup plan ready. And Jordan Love was clearly obviously the wrong move. But, I mean, they just offered Aaron, jo- or Aaron Rodgers an extension as well, I heard. So, I mean, who knows how much money they're trying to throw at him to keep him there. But, I mean, at this point, I mean, what are we thinking? Do, does he stay? Does he go? Like, what are you really thinking about Aaron Rodgers right now? And it's funny when you talk about, like, we talk about Julio Jones and who controls the the, the power in those deals. Aaron Rodgers has all the power, all of it. in my opinion. He's got it all because he, he leaves the franchise is not what it is right now whatsoever. And when, when you start going through the roster – and we already mentioned that Devontae Adams is a free agent end of the year. Well, so is Alan Lazard, so is MVS, so is Equinamia St. Brown, so is Big Bob Tunyon. Uh, it's pretty much going to be only Aaron Jones left after this year. And not to say that they're not going to resign some of those guys, because I'm sure they're going to do something. But if Aaron Rodgers leaves, are those guys going to want to come back and play for a mess in Green Bay? Mm. No, probably not. Aaron Rodgers knows that. And kind of like we just went through the standings of, you know, what team would be put over the top by adding Aaron Rodgers? There's a lot longer list than there would be than we're talking about Julio Jones. You know, I mean, I yeah, sure, we like – we fall in love with all these rookies and stuff like that, and we like it. We think that, you know, Drew Locke has potential or that not. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be better. Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver. Denver all of a sudden is dramatically better and will push for a wild card spot with Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. 
I think if Aaron goes to Denver, I, I truly legit say with that team, they can compete for the division title with Patrick. Yep. I, I truly believe it. I mean, this whole thing right now, you got to think, and, and you're hearing the rumors are saying, you know, Denver has a very legitimate shot at getting Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, what the hell would they have to give up? I mean, you would have to think it would be Drew Locke going back to Green Bay. So then does that on alter how Green Bay looks? I mean, if you're talking about, you know, I mean, players that need to resign, is that more favorable? Obviously not as Aaron Rodgers favorable, but is that more favorable to keep a lot of this talent? And maybe, maybe, maybe. but, but how good does Aaron Rodgers make the rest of the talent? I mean, we were kind of spoiled because we really don't know. Like we've seen him past, like in Houston, when, when uh, DeAndre Hopkins was there, he produced with like everybody Mm. as a quarterback. It did not matter who his quarterback was. You know, he was still going to get his, can we say that about Devonta Adams? Nope. No. I mean, we can make assumptions that, yeah, I would think that he'd probably be pretty good. And he probably he may not put up the same numbers, but he'd still be dang good. Well, we don't know that. Nobody knows for sure because we haven't had to really see it for an extended amount of time. I mean, Denver makes so much sense because they need a quarterback. He goes somewhere like Las Vegas. No, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he doesn't have a whole lot there to really work with. Mm-hmm. Um, what about if he goes to who else needs a quarterback? No, the Jets just drafted one. The Patriots just drafted one. He's not not going to Miami. Not I don't think I don't see that happening. Nope. Uh, he's not going to Buffalo, right, Chris? Well, unless you know, Allen gets his uh, doesn't get his vaccine. You never know. <laughs> yeah, unless Allen doesn't get his vaccine, <laughs> then maybe. What if something happens in Houston and Deshaun Watson uh, is not able to play? Ooh. Now all of a sudden he goes to Houston. Who's really in Houston for him to throw it to? Yeah, I mean, he gets Randall Cobb back, right? Brandon Cobb. Brandon Cooks. Randall okay. Cobb. Is, is yeah. Cobb even still there? I don't even Cobb, know. Yeah, Cobb's still there. <laughs> okay, maybe that's enough reason for him to go there. I'm just saying, like, it's just there's there's other options out there where he could be that piece that takes a team over the top. And Denver makes so much sense. You don't have to worry about cold weather in Denver and their quarterback play because he's pretty used to cold weather from Green Bay. Yep. He's got young talent. He's got big you know, athletic wide receivers. He's got a solid tight end to throw it to still. He's got a a decent running game. I mean, it it would literally just transfer. And that would be, that would make for a great divisional matchup with Aaron Rodgers and the Denver Broncos going against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas city chiefs. That would be fun to watch. Look at that division. And then all of a sudden you add Justin Herbert. Oh my. You throw in Justin Herbert and it's over. You know what I mean? Like that is going to be a fun division. I'm speaking as if this is going to happen. I'm trying to speak it into existence here. If it also happens, I mean, the Raiders might might as well just take all 17 off because they're not making it. If this happens, you just might as well just pack it in and and stay healthy, my friend, because you opt out, man. Yeah, just opt out of the 2021 season if this happens because (laughs) they would have no chance whatsoever. And the more we talk about it, the more exciting it is. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take away from what he is in Green Bay because he's exciting there too. And I mean, he's the NFL MVP and he, he puts up big time numbers uh, in a a team in an environment that not a lot of people could probably do. He thrives in that environment. And if he's not happy, he controls all the pieces. And if he wants out, he's going to be out. They're not kidding. They don't want to face him. So he's not going anywhere near their schedule. Mm-hmm. It would make a lot of sense to go to Denver. So here's the thing. And I, and I love all those points. I do, because I think it's exciting for the NFL. I think Roger Goodell would be like straight up being Oh my God, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers twice a year. Um, but, but you know what I'm saying? So here we go. 
the reason why I find this so peculiar, it's not even the Jordan Love effect. It's it's the fact that, okay, you had Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, um, uh, Jones, uh, James Jones for that period. I mean, he had these massive offensive weapons put up massive numbers in this offense, right? Then the Green Bay Packers said, we will reward all of this talent, big dollars, and we'll sign them all. That's what happened. They never got over the hump because the defense wasn't wasn't sound. It was always subpar. And this is my argument now and and why I don't understand. It has to be something personal in this in this locker room or in this organization to why Aaron Rodgers is feeling this way, because now they said, okay, you know what? We're going to strip you of all the offensive talent because Devontae is that good because Aaron Jones is that good. And, and you know what? We'll try to find you a couple other pieces that you can use. And and you're, you're still putting up 40 points, right? Now we're going to say, let's take that money and all that capital and, and focus on the defense, because that's what we believe you need. The defense can give you the ball back more times and you can win. And he never had that before. I mean, for how many years did we see outside of Charles Woodson years? I mean, he hasn't had a defense, right? So, so here's the thing is that I don't understand is that if the complaint is the fact that you don't have enough offense, offensive weapons, they gave you that opportunity and you didn't, you didn't win. Um, and, and now you have a defense, you go to the NFC championship two years in a row and you can't get over the top. So yes. Okay. I get it. It's the goat who, who stopped you this past year but I mean there's got to be a little bit of give and take with Aaron Rodgers so to me this has to be something massively personal within this organization and I'm going to say something extremely stupid and I'm going to preface it by saying that because I don't want people to think like this guy's this guy's an idiot look at the division they're in now I do think that the Bears got better with drafting Justin Fields and if even if Andy Dalton starts I think they're better than what they were in 2020 Mm -hmm. But take away Aaron Rodgers from the Packers. Say they trade him this year. Mm-hmm. And let's do some hypothetical trade where Drew Locke goes back to the, the Green Bay Packers and he's going to be their quarterback here this year. Or it's Jordan Love. One of the two is the quarterback in Green Bay. Can they win eight games? Can they win nine games? With Drew Locke, I could say, I could say maybe. That would put them in the playoff mix in that group. No other team in that division finished above 500 last year. <laughs> I mean, you could lose Aaron Rodgers, yeah. get back some decent quarterback play, and still have a shot at the playoffs. Isn't that funny? So, you know, and that's where maybe Green Bay has some leverage being in the same division as the Lions and the Vikings because uh. the Vikings didn't do anything to get dramatically better. I thought they played decent football at times in 2020, and they still finished seven and nine. You know what I mean? So, it's not like there's some juggernaut all of a sudden that's going to take over the division. The Lions. No, it's still the Lions. Sorry, Kyle. They still suck. Uh, so, I mean, it's the Bears Bears and the Packers. They're going to be fighting for this division for the next few years. Uh, we like Justin Fields. I know we do, but whether he starts this year or it's Andy Dalton, I, I'm not going to go out there and say that even if they lost Aaron Rodgers this year, they still don't have a shot at the playoffs. No chance in hell they win the Super Bowl, but they, they would still have a, a shot at the playoffs even if it's not Aaron Rodgers this year because they still have the weapons of Devonte Adams and, uh, you know, Robert Tunyon and, you know, MVS and uh, all those guys, they're, they still have them all this year, next year, different story. Probably not going to make it, make it. And he probably won't even make it to the toilet bowl next year. <laughs> and, and you know what could happen in this division of Aaron leaves. We could see another recreation of what the NFC East was it, basically six and 10, seven and nine clubs. And I mean, you're, it's totally true. I mean, you could be a division winner at eight and eight and it, 
God, I just, you know what it is? It's just the Jordan Love. They would definitely, I, at this point, I think Chad Kelly has a better shot at starting than Jordan Love does. I mean, probably. What a, what a freaking, I, I, want, I want it. We have the explicit, I could do it, but I won't do it. Yeah. You know, what? Uh, what the, you could have. I wouldn't have cared. I have no beat button over here. Yeah, what the fuck? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, it's just crazy to think about. And I mean, I'm not going to say that that is for sure. Like I said, this is a stupid thing I'm going to say, but it, you look at it on paper. It's not that great of an overall division. No, they not. could still win something. If Fields, if Fields gets to the field, I mean, you like what I did there? Yeah, that's good. I liked it. You kind of play on words there. That's nice. I confused myself. I stopped myself <laughs> as I was talking, man. God damn it. You know what? I, I, I totally get it. And let's, let's, let's move on. I mean, the, the Green Bay situation, I mean, this is going to be a weekly event until it gets resolved. So, I mean, we're going to be seeing lots of this in the news for sure. I wanted to play a little game, man, before we close this thing out, because this is interesting to me. I saw some articles, you know, they're talking about all these fantasy players. And yes, we are in May. Rookie dynasty drafts are, are flying right now. Everybody's drafting away. But I want to talk about redraft. I say seriously, I love redraft so much because you know what? It's the year over year. We know so many of our listeners, they love redraft as well. And, and, and here's the thing. I want to pick a couple teams and I got my guys. So, I mean, I'm putting you on the spot, but I, I did a little prep for this one, but I mean, great. Thanks. Thanks for the forewarning. Yeah, man. There's no warning for you, man. You're, you're, you're screwed. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. I gotta get get a pen out. I feel like I gotta (laughs) get settled here. You ready, man? You ready? Yeah, I think so. Okay. We're good. We're good. One player from these teams that I call out, who are you non QB? We cannot do QBs because that's too cheap. Okay. One player from each team that you think will lead each team in fantasy points this season. And we'll start with the Baltimore Ravens. So we're talking about overall fantasy points, right? You know, other than a quarterback, let me preface that with saying, who do you think will make the most difference as well? I'll give you that option as well. Make the most difference for your team or score the most points just to make it, make it more fair. Uh, I'm going with JK Dobbins. I still think, I still love me some J.K. Dobbins, and I think that him and Gus Edwards can coexist just fine. We saw J.K. Dobbins do a lot with a little amount of touches last year. You bump up that volume just a little bit, and we could see ourselves some big games because as much as they still want Lamar to throw the ball, that is a run-first offense. I'm not going to be overly reliant on a rookie wide receiver, Rashad Bateman, putting them over the top and making them a high-powered passing offense. I love it because that's my guy too. I think Dobbins in this, it takes the next step. The Mark Ingram effect. Yeah. He obviously didn't play as much last year, but I mean, this is now Dobbins backfield to, to run and to earn. And, and even with Gus there, we've seen it before, like 530 some carries uh, for mm-hmm. the running back room. I mean, it's very doable. I had somebody say in a YouTube comment to me, you're not going to like JK Dobbins when Lamar Jackson takes away 10 touchdowns. I said, yeah, I will, because they score 25 a year. Exactly. You know, that's the whole thing is like, yeah, I know Lamar's going to get his, but Lamar getting his is what opens up J.K. Dobbins whenever he gets his. So absolutely, I'm not that doesn't that doesn't scare me away. And, and, and Dobbins is an underrated pass catcher as well. And you're going to mm-hmm. see that off the RPO and you're going to see it. I, I love Dobbins this year. Very much Indianapolis Colts, man. Where are we going with this order? Mm, I mean, the consensus probably wants me to say Jonathan Taylor, but yeah. I. I don't know. I am not. And part of the reason I'll preface this by saying the reason I'm not going to say Jonathan Taylor is because you have to spend a first round pick in order to get him. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's too risky in order to do that with Marlon Matt coming back and Naheem Hines still there with a different quarterback. Um, 
it's, I'm going to have to go with Michael Pittman. I think he find. I think it would not surprise me if he could find the end zone ten times in 2021. The yardage may not be huge, but I could see him being a huge red zone guy right around the the, the 20 yard line or so to where he can see a lot of targets. So I'm going to say Michael Pittman and and stray away from the consensus. I love it. I love it. You know where I'm going, and I love me some JT. We all do. Mm-hmm. But I want to see Paris Campbell. Please, Lord in heaven, get this man on the field for a full 16 or 17 now. I think he could do some damage, man. He would he to me was that stronger Percy Harvin that can dominate the slot, the speed, the route run, the hands. Just stay on the field, Mm -hmm. stay gotta stay healthy. And we're gonna see like 80 receptions from this man. You'll see. I like that. Yes, indeed. San Francisco, man. And and you know what? I gotta throw in George Kittle. You can't talk George Kittle either. (laughs) Wow. So now I can't. Well, I wouldn't pick a quarterback right now (laughs) unless Trey Lance starts, maybe, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. Uh okay, so no Kittle. So basically, my choices are Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, or whatever mixture of a backfield there is with the 64 running backs they have. So correct. (laughs) I think I think. Brandon Ayuk is the better wide receiving option, but the way they utilize Debo Samuel by allowing him to run those end arounds, uh, especially inside of the five, I think it ups his touchdown upside. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat here. I'm gonna look at a stat because I was looking at it earlier, and I'm allowed to do things like this on the fly just because I have it open. Absolutely. Um, red zone targets. I was surprised when I was doing research for the draft guide. Brandon Ayuk, he had 14 red zone targets inside the 20. Whoa. That that's more than Amari Cooper. That's more than Gronk. That's more than Mike Gusecki. A lot of tight ends on here, more than Chase Claypool. That's more than DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Parker. That's more than AJ Brown. I mean, there's some names. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ayuk had a lot. And if Jimmy G is the quarterback this year, I think Brandon Ayuk has the more touchdown upside in this offense. Plus he's stayed relatively healthy. Debo's struggled with, with some injuries. I think Brandon Ayuk is the safer answer but it wouldn't surprise me if it's Debo Samuel I'm going to go ahead and go with Ayuk though just for the the pass catching upside uh and the touchdown upside that he could see on a, a weekly basis we're on the same page because I'm, there? I'm in love with Ayuk right now I really am I think that everything that you know, okay I was very critical on the man you guys follow my work you understand that and it, it was just me playing safe and and okay, sometimes you know, safe ain't sexy, but I mean, I, I do what I gotta do. Not man. the first time you ain't been sexy. No, it's not the first time, man. You know, <laughs> I don't guy. see no manscape products behind you. No, man, I need to get that, man. You gotta hook me up, man. I'm not gonna do your manscaping. Why? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> that's odd. No, that's very odd. Don't. All don't right, say back, that to Ayuk. <laughs> back to Ayuk. <laughs> back to Mr. Ayuk, and and I don't even know where I was going, but yes, I'm with Ayuk. The L.A. Rams, man. Where are we going with the L.A. Rams? This is kind of a difficult one. You have you have multiple options. You got Stafford. What are we doing? I mean, I love Matthew Stafford in this offense. I don't think we've ever – I can't say that because Matthew Stafford has put up some huge numbers in the past. But him in a, a first-year Sean McVay offense was still having Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Uh, they have options there. The, Cam Akers in the backfield, Daryl Henderson – they have some good options for him to throw to. We've got a lot of young guys. I don't think Tutu Atwell does anything right away, but we like we liked Van Jefferson. Mm. Uh, there's some talent for Matthew Stafford. This may be the best or the most talent he's ever had at one time. Not the best players, but the most talent overall. The full balance, and yep. he, he could put up some big numbers, and I think 
when you're looking at the the skill set of the guys that they have, especially like a Robert Woods or a Cooper Cup, not, neither one of those guys are the real known deep threat. But I think Robert Woods is the guy who becomes the binky. I think Robert Woods is somebody who is going to w- eclipse 100, 110, 120 targets this year. He has the speed to make big things happen. We've seen that before, right, where he may run a 10-yard curl. He gets that ball, and he, he makes a move, makes a defender miss, and he's gone for 60. Like, he has that ability. I don't see that from Cooper Cup as much. He's a little bit more reliant on the deep pass, which we know Matthew Stafford can do, mm-hmm. but it's just not going to be as consistent. So I'm going, I'm going Bobby Trees, Robert Woods. You're really not going with DJX, man. He's gonna get you the one game Dude, that's a hundred points, and you're good. It's gonna be week one. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a top twelve wide receiver week one, yes, and then after is. that, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Yeah, man, that's just how it is. I'm with you on the same boat. I think it is Robert Woods as well. Jacksonville, man, what are we doing with the Jags? They got they got pieces, they got weapons, but I mean, can we trust any of them? I have a serious crush on DJ Chark this year. Oh man, he is. Very underrated. He reminds me a lot of Allen Robinson in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. like a lot. And we haven't seen him get great quarterback play before, and he's still putting up pretty decent numbers. Now, Trevor Lawrence, being a rookie, is going to have struggles at times, but DJ Chark is going to be that big play guy. We know Trevor Lawrence has the arm. He's going to maybe this is just me overthinking it. I look at it as like this. Marvin Jones is the vet, right? Like mm-hmm. he's the guy who's going to be the veteran there, but Trevor Lawrence is going to, you know, communicate better and get along better with DJ Chark because they're a bunch of young kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I can see that, you know, Clemson LSU type thing going back and forth. And, you know, I see Chark being the man in this offense. Plus it's a contract year for him. So he's got to go out there and ball to make some more money. They want to, they didn't draft Trevor Lawrence to just turn around and hand the ball off all the time to James Robinson, Carlos Hyde, Travis Etienne, and every other running back they have back there. I think they're all going to eat into each other's value. So I'm, I'm going with DJ Chark, 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 Chark. Chark, 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 <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, I can't, I can't disagree. And you know, the, the uh, Marvin Jones thing is very interesting. I, I, I totally, you know, he's, he's going to be out of the, out of the mix because he doesn't do TikTok apparently. I don't exactly. Know. He has no idea how to TikTok. And if you don't yeah. know how to TikTok in the NFL, yeah, maybe we'll make it. The youngsters, they got a TikTok, man. And that's, and that's why they're going to have the connection. I want to say Travis Etienne. I really do. I want to be like the hell with. That's because you have a crush on him. I do. I, I big one. And I want to say the hell with all of you. <laughs> you can stuff it because I love me some Etienne and he's going to lead the league in rushing this year. Not likely, but I'm just messing with y'all. If, if James Robinson wasn't there, then Etienne is the easy option. Easy option. But yeah, I still think that they involve him and Carlos Hyde somewhat to the point of where it eats into weekly production. I agree. I agree. I think probably when we see Etienne roll, it's probably like week 10. Yeah. Houston, man, this, this disgrace. Nobody. Nobody. Okay. <laughs> we'll move right out. <laughs> I'm not drafting anybody from Houston. I don't care what you the price to. is. You have to. That's the point of this game. Oh, God. Who the hell are you taking from this this dismantled, disgruntled, crapshoot of a team that Bill O'Brien is not even a part of anymore? I mean, yeah, but he's left his he's left his mark on it for yeah, sure. He left his juices behind for sure. Dude, I there is literally nobody I want from Texas or the Texans. If I have to, if I don't have a choice, like I'm just at the end of my draft, I have to. I have to do something. Uh, I'm looking here. Hang on, because 
I mean, I could say Brandon Cooks, but who's going to throw him the ball? I don't even know. The backfield is a mess with Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay and David Johnson. I mean, it's just an overall. David Johnson's going to play quarterback this year, didn't you know? I mean, at this point, he might. <laughs> I mean, if I had to say somebody as of right now, I guess I'll say Randall Cobb because he's going to be playing the slot, and whoever plays quarterback will rely on their slot guy a little bit more. So I, I don't like it. I wouldn't draft him. But if I had to pick one, if you, like, you were forcing me to like you are right now, yeah. I'd go Randall Cobb and just cross <laughs> my fingers. And hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, I'm still thinking, okay, you know what? Even if, if, if the Deshaun Watson stuff does make him not play this year, and they insert Tyrod. He has got the deep ball. Um, I, I still like it. I think from that perspective, Brandon Cooks can still have a role. And if I'm forced to, I, I don't hate it. And then if it's Davis Mills, I mean, I still, I still don't hate Brandon Cooks in this. We'll, we'll talk about Kyle's Detroit Lions for a minute because, I mean, this team, this team is so ugly on paper. It is. And 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 I mean, okay, you got you got Quintus Cephas. He he's he's flying up mock draft boards right now. But who are you going? Who are you taking in Detroit, man? It's gotta be Hawk, right? It has to be. Dude, it has to be. Oh yeah. And Swift, and maybe. Maybe, but the problem with Swift is you gotta draft him super early. And how and, and how are they gonna incorporate Jamal Williams? I mean, am I worried about remember Shaw Perryman? No, no, not really. I mean, they're going to have to throw the ball somewhere. What, they got Tyrell Williams, too? Do I care? No. No, I really don't. Do I have a whole lot of faith in Jared Goff? No. No, <laughs> not not in Detroit. I mean, you can talk about Quintez Sivas, and he may be the cheapest option if you want a piece of that offense and just hope that something happens. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's got to be Hawkinson just because – dude could literally see 125 targets this year because who else are they going to throw it to? And at a tight end position that's so – thin anyway i don't care who it is if a tight end is getting 125 targets i'll take a look at it because you can't score fantasy points without opportunities and he's going to get a lot of opportunities yeah and in this offense first year you know Goff is going to be checking down to his safety blanket all day long mm -hmm. it's hawkinson for me as well the new york jets we only got a couple more new york jets man where are we going with these jets that are trying to do something special in their rebuild they really are and I think Corey Davis makes sense just because the, the target share he could get. I'm not a big Denzel Mims guy. I'm just, I don't, I don't think he sucks. I just think he was severely overhyped last year. He's, he's kind of like Corey Davis when he first went to Tennessee. It's just yes, like, you have all these expectations and then you're just disappointed until like year five. Yep. Um, Elijah Moore, I think is probably somebody. I mean, I don't know if, I don't even know if Jameson Crowder's on this roster to start the season. So, I mean, they can save a, a buttload of money by releasing him and throw Elijah Moore, the rookie, into the slot, and I think that becomes intriguing. The run game, not overly excited about Michael Carter, somebody who I like. I don't think that he even leads the backfield in touches. I mean, they still got Tevin Coleman, which is disgusting. And, yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably going to have to go with Elijah Moore. I mean, if I can't pick Zach Wilson in the – in a dynasty superflex, nope. give me give me Elijah Moore here this year and hope that the rookie to rookie connection can happen. And he uses that slot receiver a lot because Elijah Moore is definitely somebody who can make some big plays happen. How dare you speak ill of my guy Tevin Coleman? How dude, Tevin dare blows, you? dude. Frick, man, I, dude, you know, he sucks. He sucks. I know, like total sucks. Like not, it's not even like. Does he suck? No, he really sucks. You know what sucks is the fact that I still can't quit this guy, man. He's still on dynasty rosters of mine, and I will not give up on him. 
You're still down. holding on to like a 75 yard slant that he did back in Atlanta. <laughs> I am. It was glorious. And that's yeah. what's kept me the whole time. Yeah. The Las Vegas Raiders, man. Where the hell are we going with this club? Dude? Am I allowed to say Waller or am I not allowed? Oh, yeah. Waller's off. That's like <laughs> Waller's off. So Waller's you can't take too. Waller. So that leaves me Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, Rose. John Brown. I'm going to go John Brown. Ooh. I think uh, I'm going with the ex-Buffalo Bill because the only person aside from Darren Waller that, we find, that had success in the passing game last year uh, there was Nelson Aguilar mm. and Nelson Aguilar has some big games on some deep passes and John Brown kind of fits that role a little bit. He's somebody that could slide into that seven, 800 yard range, possibly that you can get a little bit cheaper in drafts. I, I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I think John Brown maybe makes the most sense there. Uh, if I'm not allowed to choose balls to the waller. Yeah, that's good. I don't like that. I don't mind that at all. I, you know what I want to see? I want to see Henry Ruggs. I'm going for fandom on this one. I want Ruggs. To do everything that I expect him to do, I, I think running the nine routes all year long was such a disservice. And shame on you, John Gruden. I think uh, you uh, you really hampered the man. But I'm going to go with Ruggs. Just, you know, I'm, I'm throwing a, a little, you know, three-pointer. I, I probably should say Hunter Renfro because he's just as bald as I am. So it gives me hope of being in the NFL. He's got a dad bod too, I think. So he's what are you trying to say? I, nothing. Dude, I got, I got I'm right here. Thing. Like, I We're can good. hear you. <laughs> I'm, I got the same thing. It's like looking in a mirror, man. We're good. <laughs> wow. Not so much. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> Tampa Bay. Let's close this out on these Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they are a hot mess when it comes to understanding who the hell is going to be the guy every week. I mean, that is the problem here. You got you got ballers galore, and I, I struggle, but I still got one that I'm pegging here. Yeah, I mean, each one of these guys can have a week big enough to be the top option in fantasy football with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Gronk even. At times, the running backs, I don't know about because Fournette and Rojo, what are they going to do? They're always splitting. Uh, I would think that Fournette starts the year as the starter. I would hope so because yeah, mm-hmm. we're f- both Fournette truthers. Yep. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with Mike Evans because of the touchdown upside. He has that touchdown connection with Tom Brady. Godwin may see more volume, but Evans may score more points on the big plays and the touchdown. So I'm going to have to go with, with Mike Evans. Yeah, Mike Evans was my guy too. A simple, same exact argument. He would catch maybe two or three passes, but he could score you two touchdowns exactly. and still, still get you 14 fantasy points full PPR. Right. So I'm I'm totally okay with that. But I mean, that's it, man. That's all I got today. I mean, you know, that was fun. Heck yeah. Hey, I thought I was gonna get to air some grievances. Did I do I not get to do that? Did you not do that? I didn't air a grievance. Oh, man. Can I air a grievance? Air some grievances, man. Dude, allergies suck, bro. <laughs> they do suck, man. Dude, do you, do you have pollen where you live? Oh, yeah, man. We got pollen. Dude, like I go out in the morning and my car is like a shade of yellow. And <laughs> if I spend any time outside, like my head feels like it's going to explode. I wake up in the morning and my eyes are like cakes shut. Allergies absolutely suck this time of year, and I'm over it, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm airing that grievance right now. Nice, and I'm, I'm of the same. You know what the thing is? I grew into my allergies. I never had them before. It was like three years ago. All of a sudden, I'm like, why the hell are my eyes itchy? I'm like rubbing the shit out, man. I'm like, why is this happening? I literally am going through bottles of like the eye drops like mm-hmm. uh, weekly now. I mean, I just I can't see. I can't yep. see, see anymore. I grew up in the desert, so nothing was alive. So I didn't have to worry about allergies because there's no pollen because everything's dead because it's melted or like right. burnt. But yeah. coming out here, it it's a whole nother ball game in North Carolina. Here in May, everything's blooming. Yeah, it it there's a lot of pollen, yeah, like a lot. 
It sucks, man. I'm I'm sorry, man. I thought I gave you the opportunity Dude, to air some. I've been grievance. looking forward to airing a grievance forever, and then I didn't get to do it. So I'm like, I'm I'm buttoning in at the end because I have a grievance to air. <sighs> you know, I just failed you. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, it's all good. I don't care. <laughs> well, this was fun, man. Let's close this one out, man. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Jake on Twitter at FNTSY Headliners. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Jake, until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.